Hey, yeah, this is one um, I thought it would be a good one to start with. This is a song all about taking the opportunity when it, when, when it comes to you. It's uh, a little instrumental called uh, Don't Let the Basil Flower. is one that is not I did, definitely did not write this song but it is uh, uh, one that I feel uh, is close to my heart in a similar way and I learned this sitting on the front porch uh, 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 Frank Hamilton the first teacher at the Old Town School of Folk Music I was down uh, in Georgia visiting him and his wife and um, yeah this is the song he taught me it's called Little Birdie Little birdie, 
property Come and sing me your sad song Got a short time for to be here And a long time to be gone Little birdie, little birdie What makes your head so red? Well, after all my troubles It's a wonder that I ain't dead Little birdie, little birdie Come and sing me your sad song Got a short time for to be here And a long time to be gone your wings so blue I've been dreaming I've been dreaming I've been pining after you little birdie little birdie come and sing me your sad song got a short time for to be here and a long time to be gone. It's always so interesting to sit up at the microphones in this back room because, uh, you know, this back room, this is where I learned to play music, like for real. And um, yeah, you know, at Folk Club on Tuesday nights with Mark and everybody. And of course, um, we all sing it all together all the time. And so maybe you can sing it with me, everybody. Here we go. Little birdie, little birdie, come and sing me your sad song. Got a short time for to be here, and a long time to, got a short time. Got a short time for to be here. And a long time to be gone. Thank you. You know, I think one of the things that I find pretty cool is how many diff different places people come from and end up here at the Old Town School. So I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about where you grew up and kind of, uh, you know, what, what role music had in your life, too, also, while you were growing up? It's two questions. Yeah. I'm going to, next one. Where am I from and, and how does that affect And I'll just leave music? back and you could talk for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I could. Um, yeah, so I'm from, uh, I'm from suburban Detroit. It's a, yeah, it's a little town called Novi, Michigan. And, um... You know, it's like a regular old suburb. If you know Naperville at all, you basically know Novi. <laughs> and, um, but it was, a, it was a cool place. I, I, I grew up in a, 
I moved there when I was going, uh, the summer before I moved into kindergarten, or before I went into kindergarten, we moved there, and it was in, a, I lived in a subdivision, I was like way off from the city center, um, so it was not so developed, so I had, uh, um, I'm just so lucky, I had this whole giant woods and a swamp and like bike trails and like we had the whole run of the whole place when I was a kid and just up and down the streets and you know you'd leave in the morning and not come back it was like one of those things like you leave in the morning not come back until night and then yeah you're just lucky you didn't fall from some tree or something <laughs> like like yeah did, did, and, your, uh, did your parents uh, play music at all? Was music part of your growing up? It was a little bit. Um, I knew that my dad had played the baritone horn uh, in high school. And then my grandfather, he's not uh, my blood grandfather. He's my step-grandfather, but, some, uh, but he was the only grandfather I knew on my mom's side. Um, and... Um, he was the founder of the Polka Boosters of Metro Detroit, and he played the accordion uh, in my basement, and um, I did not appreciate it. <laughs> I thought it was con. I just didn't. I just didn't. Did not get it. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like now, boy, what what would I give to sit in my basement and play polkas with my grandpa? But, um, yeah, at the time, I, I was like, ah, I don't know, he's down there doing his thing. And he'd kind of, he'd come up and he'd kind of go, and he'd kind of like sing them to himself uh, sitting upstairs. So, um, yeah. You, you could have been a polka star if things went differently. Yeah, I could have. It's, yeah, right. Yeah. And, um yeah, my grandpa on my uh, on my dad's side, he was musical too, but he was always um, just kind of sing under his breath, and I always really liked that. Uh, he'd always go, whenever me and my brother, uh, we'd get into an argument, he'd kind of go, you always hurt the ones you love. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember that. Um, being something and then the other song that I always remember him singing I think whenever we were kind of hounding him to get us something or something he'd kind of go how much is that doggy in the window and it would just be like change the subject that's what I, <laughs> looking back I think that that's what he was trying to do and what was the first instruments that you learned how to play the first instrument I learned was in the fifth grade um, I started playing the trumpet, uh, just in the fifth grade band, and I just picked the trumpet for no reason other than I had an older cousin who had also picked the trumpet, and my aunt and uncles had bought one for her, and then she promptly quit, so there was a trumpet in the family, you know, so then it's like... I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's what I'll... Do. If there's a trumpet here, great, I'll play the trumpet... Which is kind of how, like, it's funny, I never put that together. That's kind of how I am in life in a lot of ways. I'm definitely like, what's here? That sounds good. I'll do that. 
I was just and, thinking as you said that I kind of see you at jam sort of being like, all right, what can I pick up? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, and then uh, when when did you get into folk music? So there was um, in when I was in the fourth grade was the sesquicentennial. Can any, anybody know sesquicentennial? 150, 150 years of the state of Michigan, and there was a someone came to my grade school and sang songs and played the guitar, and I can't r- really remember much outside of I thought that that was cool. There was like everybody dressed in this old time, you know, like you wore plaid or something <laughs> like on that day and put a handkerchief around your neck and you were like celebrating Michigan's 150th birthday and the guy came and played the acoustic guitar. But I didn't think about that. It's not like I told my mom or something, I want to play. I just was like, oh, that's cool. And then later on, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you, you mentioned to me a little bit about playing music with your sister. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, my sister... So I have a brother who's three years younger than me and a sister who's six years younger than me. And um, so my sister has autism. And, you know, so how old's April now? She is 35 years old now. So, you know, imagine 35 years ago, like the, the world for her and for my parents and for my family was like totally different than it is now. Yeah. Like now... <laughs> I can't believe, like, I, I, was, I was recently on, on Belmont, and there's a store that caters to people with autism, and I couldn't believe it, because 35 years ago, my sister was the only mm-hmm. person in the whole school district. Like, she got diagnosed with autism, and there was no, uh, there was no teacher, there was no program, there was no nothing, there was just nothing. And, um, yeah, and that was, like, of the days, um, you know, my family got their, their remnants of the thing where, um, like, the parents were blamed for supposedly causing it. There was a bunch of books that got written. We'll talk about that another time. <laughs> I know yeah, that was, a, a, at that time, yeah. was, that was still that, yeah, that was kind a, of the approach. And, and yeah, right. A lot right. of people were hurt by that. And yeah. so, so there was just a, always a lot of, like, question in my life and and so April my sister's name is April and um, she doesn't talk um, she lives with my folks and she's really dependent on them like she, she needs help eating and getting dressed and everything um, so it was always difficult you know, to have a relationship you know she doesn't have like a hobby or you can't just go Say, like, hey, April, what's going on? Oh, you can, but she doesn't, and I always do, but she doesn't respond in the way that my brother goes, like, mm. oh, nothing, I was just watching the Lions game or whatever. Like, um, so, but music, when I realized when I was playing the trumpet, and especially later on when I started playing the guitar, that sh- she would always come and be in the room with me and probably sit down right next to me. Like, if I was sitting on the couch noodling around, like, she'd sit down right next to me. And then um, she had some music therapy, too. I, I, it's so crazy to think about. Yeah, like I say, like, there wasn't nothing, but somehow my parents got into this thing 
where April went to music therapy at somebody's house. Mm -hmm. And so singing these songs in the family was a way to connect with April. And then, you know that song, um, Bingo? Like, there was a farmer had you could sing that song for four hours <laughs> and, and April would be so happy just over and over and she'd uh, sit and smile and clap and not, not like do it with you. She wasn't like doing the clapping or something. She just was like around mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you, you have a song you wrote about that too? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah this is the one. This is the one. We'll see. This is early in the interview for this. Is it? All right. Well, this is like, we'll see if I can make it through this one without crying. This <laughs> is a tough one. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, so I have my sister, April, who I connected through music. And, and um, then my grandfather, the one with the, my, uh, my grandpa McInnes, you know, he had Alzheimer's at the end of his life. And it was that thing, you know, it's, I think about it. so sad now to think like I was just growing up to be of an age where I could really appreciate who he was but meanwhile he was going in the other direction and and didn't really know me or a lot of the family and spent uh, some time pretty confused and he was down in Florida where I was in Michigan so I couldn't even I didn't really spend much time with him and um then this song come this song is about them, but it's also related to uh, uh, my friend John, who uh, had some uh, mental troubles here in Chicago, and, and uh, he died uh, as a, some, not from that, but in complications. Life gets complicated mm-hmm, yeah. when you have stuff, and, and uh, so this song comes from that, and it's an it's a old song. It's new words to an old song. It's called Farther Along. Mm-hmm. And something of, I always really like that song because um, it's like, Farther Along, we'll know all about it. Like that thing of like, I'm always like, why? Why? Like what? And when I think about <laughs> April, my sister, like, what's going on in there? And, you know, think about, well, will I ever know? So that's where this comes from. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. Do you remember when we were younger? Our family was different from those that we knew. Together we'd smile and forget the worry. 
Gladness and sadness always were true You wanted to help me, I wanted to I forgot the words already you wanted to tell me, I wanted to help you. I wanted to quench your thirst, unburden your fears. Could you walk on and be fine without me? We both push away, but long to stay near. our frustrations remember the joyous outbursts of laughter I'll sing you a song accept all the worry forget the sleepless nights without sleeping as life rolls along I don't know what happens after we pass on Will we meet again on some brighter day? I know I'll be trying to tell you I love you I know you'll be trying to tell me the same Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother, live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. Thanks for, for sharing that one. Yeah. I think it reached everybody. That was that's a beautiful song. Thank you. Well, um, we then you know I'd like to talk also. How how did you decide to come to Chicago from leaving? Did you go to college in Michigan, or did you then? Uh, no. Um, so yeah, you know I started um, playing guitar when I was fourteen, and. You know, I was in marching band, and I was pretty good at music and things, but I, uh, a couple of things started happening. I was really, when I started playing the trumpet in the fifth grade, I was really into it, and I practiced all the time, and I had this, like, really great love of it. And then in the sixth grade, this is a lot of information. Go for it. <laughs> then in the sixth grade, they put a practice sheet out in front of me, and they said, if you practice for an hour, you get an A. And I was like, oh, then I'll just do whatever I need to do to get an A. 
and it, I, I think back on it as a thing where I was in. They had me. I was totally there. And then they put a grade on it, and all of a sudden, uh, my ears closed. Hmm. We start, there started being this, like, they were called challenges and chairs. And there was, like, and I got, like, right out of the gate, I, I'd been playing a lot, so I got first chair. But then there was all this pressure to maintain, and then I didn't always maintain it. And so I got knocked mm-hmm. to second chair or something, and I thought, oh, I must suck at music. <laughs> like, you're only in the sixth grade. Like, right. what do you know? <laughs> like, uh, uh, Yeah, well, I mean, but it was, and it sent me, I, I mean, I was, like, going on one thing, and then those challenges and the, that practice schedule, like, <laughs> everything went down. Um, uh, music became a uh, source of stress, uh-huh. even though I loved it. And... Up until the point where I got into a music conservatory here. Uh-huh. A week in, I had a nervous breakdown because I was, I was so stressed. Imagine trying to play the trumpet but not breathing. Mm. It makes you pass out, and that's what <laughs> I started doing. So I, went, I had this audition at the music conservatory. I passed out. They, instead of somebody coming over and like being like, hey, Jay, are you okay? Uh They just like put me in this remedial program. And I could tell like they weren't happy. They were like not happy to have me there. So I freaked out because I'm away from home. I didn't play music for five years. Wow. And uh, yeah. (laughs) So, so that's like. And I, I, yeah, it's, I mean, it's totally strange. And I loved music. And there, uh, to get back to your original yeah. question, the reason that I moved to Chicago was because by this time I had started playing the guitar. And I was... This is, wait, this is then after those, those five years? No, no this, this is, is like, before. I was four, okay. so I was started, I was doing classical trumpet, right. but I had learned to play the guitar. And that was the thing, my parents were paying for all the trumpet stuff. I was paying for the guitar stuff. Uh-huh. And so, I, but I was really into classic rock. Like, it's so funny. Like, all my friends were going to Lollapalooza, but I was going to see, you remember that band Mountain? Like, that is what I was doing. Like, I was going to see Mountain. Gotcha. And I went and saw Leon Redbone. And I was going to this Cajun festival in Ann Arbor. And I was, like, not connected with the music of my generation at all. And, um, Excuse me. So I had, I was really into the Rolling Stones at the time. And so I was reading all about the Rolling Stones. Like, all I, I just ate it up. And I knew that the Rolling Stones had gone to Chicago when they came to the States for the first time. And I was like, if that's where the Rolling Stones go, that's where I want to go. <laughs> and I didn't really know anything about it. I came here on spring break um, with some friends, in, and that was in 95. And then like very randomly i mean part of the problem you know the school that i went to i don't want to talk bad about it right now but the school i went to is a perfectly fine school but i did no research or anything i just knew that i wanted to get out of the suburbs i want to go move to the city i don't care this one's this school's in chicago great i'll go there Mm-hmm. Right, like that is yeah. to bring it back. That's like what do I that. do. Right, like yeah. this one, good. I'm in. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and um, 
sometimes that works really well and sometimes it does not and that was a case where it did not work well so i mean i i think of you as such a musical person um what what were those five years like of not not having music as as part of your life it was very strange um hey who's been through the artist way right yeah so yeah yeah oh yeah oh well who's well if you've been through like chapter two or chapter three or whatever you know the concept of the shadow artist right and that was me like the shadow artist the idea and is like oh i'm not the musician all my friends are the musicians and that's kind of what i lived like Uh Uh, i had a bunch of friends that were in bands and i'd go see them and um i just i knew that that's what i wanted to do Mm-hmm. But then it's funny. I went and studied documentary filmmaking, uh-huh. and it wasn't until I, like the the week I graduated college, like I remember I was out. I was living in Andersonville at the time, and I was out at the beach. Yeah, um, over by Foster Beach. There's those hills just north of Foster, and I was sitting there, and I was like. God, can I play music now? (laughs) (laughs) Am I done being graded? If I can be done being graded, then I want to play music. And so I I had studied documentary filmmaking. I had gotten this degree, but that wasn't going very well either because I didn't actually want to be doing it. I didn't want to be in front of the... I didn't want to be behind the camera. Eventually, I realized, like, I want to be in front of the camera. Uh If this is going to be happening, I want to live life. I don't want to watch it. And so, yeah, eventually, like, that year it kind of flipped. And then, yeah, eventually, I, you know, somehow one of my friends, well, yeah, I eventually ended up at the Old Town School. I mean, was, was so, it intimidating, though, to be like, okay, now I'm going to, I mean, had you not you know, played at all, really like, literally? Like, uh, well, I had a guitar. Yeah. And, you know, once in a while... I I had a very typical I think what is typical guitar education um, for a lot of people, you know I there I had a guitar and I went to my guitar teacher and he just wanted me to like he didn't really know he just was like here's Black Dog. And he'd be like, what else do you want to learn? <laughs> yeah, I had those lessons. And, and it was like, so I knew like a million riffs. I couldn't play a song from beginning to end. And I knew it was that thing. I knew that this was not right. I knew something. It's like, yeah, I can play the Day Tripper riff. Who cares? It's not, but, but there was no, there was no connection to it. It's, music is so strange. Oh my gosh, I'm going Go for uh, it. <laughs> a thing that I remembered when I, that really puzzled me when I was in high school was that I was in band and I was practicing two or three hours a day. But I had friends who were in these punk bands who had never been in band. And I remember going, how do they know what to do? <laughs> how do they get to be in a band when they've never been in band. 
<laughs> and so it was like a weird, and that that's the weird, you know, that's the thing of of self discovery, right? If you're if you're in self discovery, it's just like music is just a sandbox or a big box of crayons or whatever. But if you start, my first experience with music was this is a quarter note. Mm-hmm. When you see this dot, do this specific thing. There is no other option. Do that. And that's like so limiting to somebody. I just can't believe like looking back, you know, it's, and it's not that somebody was like bad or wrong or something. It's like what it is when you're in grade school or whatever. Where was I going with that? Well, so, so that, well, yeah. well, about how you kind of got back into playing from sort of not from not playing. How did you decide? Okay, it's safe to do this, or, well, yeah, or I yeah, want to. It was or, like, you know, what it was was like once I was head? done. Once I've realized I wasn't going to be graded anymore. Yeah. And I had gone. I did the right. artist way. I've actually done gone through the artist way three times. I can't believe that that has become such a big part of this podcast. <laughs> but. Yeah, I've done I've done the artist way, and that was a like a thing, you know. It was really good for me. Uh-huh. It's like kind of cheesy and. Wait, I mean, just confusing. briefly, because I've I've heard of it, but I'm not that familiar with it. For others who might not know much about it, well, briefly, it's what just is it? like, like a like it's an uncovering of things. There's journaling and little exercises, and you're supposed to like, you're supposed to like live. Like, there's these little exercises that she has you do to kind of live less of a uh, filtered life. You're Mm -hmm. supposed to, like, basically, like, if if you want to go draw a picture right now, you just go draw it and not have, and not care. Uh Because there's, like, it's like getting rid of the self-censor. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like a process, like 12 weeks or something, trying to get rid of Uh the the sensor as much as possible and it's with it like the idea of once you can get r- rid of the sensor well then you're on kind of even ground uh-huh. like most a lot of us live in this like underground of the sensor and like i can't and mm-hmm. i don't know what to do and if we can kind of get to the top that out of the hole then we can flourish so that that's kind of how i think of the book well, maybe you could do do another song and then we could pick back up with you picking up music again. Yeah, right? sure. That's nice. This is a song about moving forward. Lifetime to find 
dust from the crack in red paint worn away by millions of footsteps and shells thrown astray I'm shielded in plastic and I'm ripped to the ground my city is moving on this corner I'm bound each moment scribbled down in a coverless book each sprint through the grass each chance that he took a white sliver rises on the lake once again Before the pasture is covered and the regrowth begins I have two feet and I can walk I make my mark but I'm scared of the dark And if I leave, where do I go? Step over step Row after row, step over step, row after row, step over step, and row after row. Maybe I'm going, I'm just going slow. Yeah, so I mean, can you pinpoint the moment where you're like, all right, screw this, I'm going to play guitar? Or is it more, was it more uh, gradual or um, what? Well, yeah, no, I mean, there was that, I, so I started taking classes at the school, and I started getting into it, and I kind of realized. Uh, who, um, do you, who, who did you take classes with? Steve yeah. Levitt. Okay, yeah. And he, you know, he did that thing, he kind of, uh, what was it? Oh, it's that, that riff from Tennessee Jet. I don't remember. One time, he gave me a wink, like on my second or third class, and I was like, oh, I think I'm in the right spot. <laughs> <laughs> but it was this thing, and the other thing is that I, some people know this story in the room, but um, the, I definitely remember the first time I ever walked into the building of the Old Town School of Folk Music. And there were some people playing music in the lobby. Uh -huh. And now I can't, I can't say for sure, but in my mind's eye, <laughs> it's that table over by the store, you know? And, that, and I remember being like, wow, they're smiling. <laughs> and I'm like, who sits there? Who sits there and smiles all night at, at that table by the store? My best friends, the pickin' bubs, uh -huh. you know? And I'm like, think back on that. I didn't, you know, I wonder if that was them. It could have been. In, in memory, it is them. Though. Yeah, right. Yeah, in my memory, yeah. it's definitely them. Mora. <laughs> and Yeah. And, um, but then the moment, the real moment came uh, during the, um, I don't know if you remember that the Grateful Dead did this thing called the uh, Family Reunion up in uh, Wisconsin. It's, it's called Alpine Valley. I don't know if it is still called Alpine, is it? And um, yeah, so I, ha I was not playing music at all. And I, um, and I went and saw the Grateful Dead. And the second night of the show, I'm on the hill at, at Alpine Valley. And it had been this great weekend. And then... They were doing that, and definitely remember they were doing the wheel, right? The wheels turn, you can't slow down. Uh, and 
the I started noticing that some people were starting to pack up, like around me, and I remember going, "I'm not ready for this to end, everybody. Like we can't, we can't. I'm not going to stop." But instead of getting on the bus and going like that way, then that is when like I came back uh-huh. to Chicago, and then I quit my job like. Very surprisingly, Uh like I had a job, I had a job in the documentary film world that was coveted. It was a job that other people really wanted Uh and I was hating it and I didn't know why and I didn't, you know, all I knew, I just knew I needed to do something different. And so I was like, I think I'm going to go be a music teacher. I told them, I can't believe that. (laughs) Like I was like, I was like, I think I'm going to go be a music teacher. And I was not playing at all. I had never taught a class. I didn't know anything. And then, um, yeah, like the next day or two days later, it was the, I had the reader where you got right. your job. Back when they had the yeah. big section four yeah. with all the ads. Yeah, and, and there was a, uh, uh, ad, uh, an ad that they needed somebody to work at the shop at the Old Town School. Mm-hmm. And I had had a ton of retail experience from my high school days uh-huh. and so I went in there and so I knew how to run a cash register and I knew how to do sales and inventory and stuff but I did not know anything about selling guitars and l- luckily they hired me <laughs> and then that was October of 2001 <laughs> and, and, and how did you make your way to actually realizing your, your goal of teaching you know like a lot of us at the Old Town School you gotta start somewhere and then eventually they go, oh, no, we don't have anybody to teach blah, blah, blah on Sunday. You, you play the guitar, right? You, you're hired. <laughs> and, and so it was like stuff like that. Like I, people could tell I was into it. Uh-huh. I was taking classes. Like I, I got connected up with Mark Dvorak. And, you know, he was the one that really like pushed me he you know Steve Levitt gave me that wink and I said I was in the right spot mm-hmm. Mark Dvorak was the one that walked past me in the hallway and said hey you're pretty good <laughs> and then I was like oh yeah I gotta keep doing this and um were you yeah. taking classes with Mark too I didn't know just kind of playing you know, I'm sure out. I've taken some classes with Mark most of me hanging out with Mark was like in the early years of folk club okay before I had like a real job where I had all these people depending on me um I used to just I started coming to folk club which is the jam in the back right. of the, if you, on radio land if you don't know folk club it's the jam in the back of the Grafton here and similarly to the Grateful Dead thing mm-hmm. we he, he would lead folk club for an hour and then he'd stop mm-hmm. and I wouldn't want to stop I would want to keep playing. So then I started leading like this less formal, like after jam. And I just stole all his material. Like I did all the same. Like I tried to, I was like, I'm going to phrase things like Mark. I'm going to like call people like Mark. I'm going to do the all Mark songs. Like I was, cause I'd want to, I knew I wanted to keep playing. It's traditional, right? You follow what's been done. And so that's how I learned. I learned how to lead a jam in this back room uh-huh. with anybody that wanted to play in the after jam at Foot Club. Well, so what what is it that you you do to lead a jam? What 
What do you have? What's going through your mind when it's happening? Oh God! I never what, asked Mark that. This, I should have asked what Mark if this that. Doesn't, and now I'm asking like, you. Every, I mean, every single time I was just telling somebody else this, that's so funny. I mean, I've led, I don't know, hundreds of jams now, maybe. And every time I'm like, oh man, not, I don't know. Today it might not go. <laughs> it, I don't know. I, I, something's weird. I don't really know. What even songs do I know? This is probably it. And then once we get going, it's always good. Um, I don't know. You got to know. I I uh I think that you just have to be like confident in your own ability. You know, it's like it's and then you have to also be confident for a lot of other people. Right. Yeah, and you have to really hold that thing and not and like uh, the thing that I've learned from Mark is like a million times People have, he's like, what song should we do? And somebody calls one that he doesn't know. And he never says, no, let's not do that one. I don't know that one. Even though everybody's looking at him, he's like, okay. Yeah, good. Let's do it. And, you know, there's always different degrees of, like, whatever you want to call success. Like, like maybe it's something that he doesn't know, but a lot of other people do. So it sounds pretty good and everybody can get it. Or maybe it's one that he doesn't know. The person that called it really doesn't know it. And then maybe no one else in the room. And, and it like doesn't kind of get off the ground, but then it's over. Everybody has a good laugh and you're on to the next one and no one feels bad. Mm -hmm. No one's frustrated like it was like five minutes of life that everybody just kind of goes oh well that okay (laughs) and then we do the next one and it makes it so that um everybody can be confident in their own like what am i trying to say they can just do it they can call it they can do if it doesn't work it doesn't matter like you're not going to get kicked out of the jam no one's going to look at you and be like, what are you talking about? Like, you're, not, just, you're not saying your first chair, your second yeah, chair. Right, yeah. Room, right? yeah, right. No challenges. Yeah. There's no challenges in folks. Yes. What's that? It removes the filters. It removes the filters, yeah. Do you, ever, do you ever get stressed and go, oh, no, wait, this isn't working? Or do you, are you, do you have that level of confidence now where in yourself and in the audience, in the not audience, the people playing I don't with you. Think, I don't think I get stressed. Uh-huh. I get, wor- I, you know, like, like I see, I see, uh, it's kind of like being, um, you know, it's like being a coach. Right. In that I like have to manage a lot of things. Like, you know, you gotta, sometimes the, the players that are really good really start to like push the tempo or like really show off and you gotta like you gotta manage like like hey you're really good it's okay keep being good but just be good in a way that supports Mm -hmm. this other person who's only in lesson three like how can we we can't leave them in the dust Mm -hmm. and so that's a that's always a hard thing to manage because trying to get somebody to pull back right. is, is different. It's like, like I'm trying to pull that person with three lessons forward while trying to pull the player that has been playing for 20 years backward and so we can meet mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. That's Boy. interesting. 
Well, how about we do another song, and then I will talk a little bit more about probably with your teaching young people and stuff like that. We'll yeah, get cool. To some of that. Cool. And while we're talking about the old town school, um, this song goes out. This is a song about some friends of mine that uh, I met there, and maybe we'll talk about them next. There's um, a woman named Maria McCullough who's not here today, and there's a guy named Jonas Friddle who is in the room right now and uh this song goes out to them and is about them and their band uh, is called sleepy lou the gesture's journey is never told Blessed are the meek, fortune for the bold. The parade goes marching down the crooked road. Will the column hold? Weren't we all just saying, my dear friends, every time your voices blend, changing when the rain rolls in, a question that I can't defend. Sing my name. Leave before the whiskey's gone The laughter of the fool Is the magic in the song Down the hallways a handshakes Hugs and kisses My guitar string breaks These tired feet cannot remain still But from the day we met I knew that I'd be saying, my dear friends, every time I hear you play, I stand a little taller, my heart says things my lip can't say, sing my name, leave before the whiskey's gone, the laughter of the fool is the magic in the song. string breaks around the corner I may stumble the piper makes the call the gesture doesn't fall my dear friends every time we get in tune my heartache stops subsiding the night time comes a bit too soon sing my name help me know that I belong the laughter of the fool magic in the song the laughter of the fool 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 is the magic in the song Another good one. 
Um, you know, I, we talked a little bit about, you know, teachers that you had. I guess it, it would be cool to talk about, I suppose, you know, allies or people who you've, you know, played music with. Like, you mm-hmm. know, um, tell us a little bit about your, well, your relationship with Jonas and, and Maria and other people that you've played with. Yeah, so right when, um, right kind of at the beginning of my teaching, I was, so I was working at the shop and I got this job at this other music school doing my first teaching. Mm-hmm. And it was a place that had uh, after school or like before school, after school guitar lessons. And, you know, they, it was a kind of place like they would just hire anybody. Like, you know, they, they, they ran, they had a lot of programs. They ran through people like they needed, they just needed people all the time. So I think that that's pretty much how I got the job. And, um, yeah, like one day, like I'm at this school, it's like first thing in the morning, and this woman's like, hi, I'm Maria, and, and I was like, uh, like, oh my god, and then I had, I had just gone, I never see a play, but I was going out with a girl that was an actress, and she took me to this place called the House Theater, which is like this upcoming thing and I saw this play called something I don't know it was the Peter Pan play and this was like at the beginning of the house theater thing and and so the guy who runs this music school he was giving us a ride back we were both living in Lincoln Square he was giving us a ride back and like Marie and I are getting to know each other and she's like telling me how she's in this play and all of a sudden like no way, I just saw your play like two nights ago. You were in the Peter Pan play. She's like, yeah. And then, like, here we are all these years later. Like, she's my best friend in the whole world. And, you know, we've done a bunch of traveling together and worked together so much at the Old Town School. And, um, yeah, I mean, she's the one, she's the one when I really think about, um, to be a teacher and well to do what I do to do my style of teaching you have to be really accepting of people and I definitely know that there was a there was this one day where one there was I had a neighbor that you could tell it that that she wanted to talk to me Mm -hmm. and I was like oh I don't inwardly I was like I don't know I kind of just want to keep going my way and I definitely thought no, Maria would talk to her. <laughs> and I did. And then from that point on, I was like, that's what I got to do. Like, I got to be like Maria. <laughs> yeah, and then, then um, yeah, then a couple years later, like, I met Jonas. And, um, yeah, just, like, this awesome teacher. There's two teachers here that I, I really super respect. Uh, Lindsay Weinberg and... Jonas Friddle as uh, people that are constantly push me forward, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. Uh-huh. There's um, what's the line in the, the song? Um, I'm forgetting it now. It, um, a question that I can't defend <laughs> is like is something that that that's when I think about like. Uh, the people that I really work well with at the school uh-huh. uh, as being like 
they don't know that they're asking me to step up, but they are. Mm. And it makes me a better, it makes me a better teacher. It makes me a better person. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, how did you start? Did I mean a lot of people know you for teaching at the the children's classes? How did mm-hmm. you get involved with that originally? Yeah, similarly, they needed somebody. Uh-huh. And, um, and through this other program, I had had some music classes. I had done some kids' classes at the school that I, where I met Maria. They needed somebody. And like the, the real young classes, the, like the classes for the five to seven-year-olds at the school were kind of a, a mess. And so it was that thing, like a th- there's... The old town school isn't always the easiest place to work or so pretty or something. Excuse me. But what it does do is it basically stays out of your way. Mm-hmm. Like you can work as little or as much on your classes and it's kind of the same. And, but if you're someone that really works hard and like has a vision, you can do cool stuff. So I started teaching the five to seven year old classes and I just made my own curriculum totally based on instinct like I don't I didn't I'm not a teacher by education I'm not a musician by education um but I was in the room and I could tell that the kids could do x y and z and when I would go see like and this was even kind of before Google. Like I still went into the resource center at the school and stuff more than I do now. Um, like the books for the kids, I was always like, oh, this is not good. Like they can't actually do this. Uh-huh. And even if they could, it's not very interesting music or whatever. I just right. was not impressed with things. So I just started making my own stuff and doing research. And that and then, you know, that eventually leads you to Ella Jenkins. and And then... So I'm like hanging out at the Grafton, learning from Mark, and like having these classes for kids, and then realizing like, oh, I want I want my classes to be like the back of the Grafton mm-hmm. as much as possible. And I think so. I mean, so I mean, you know, you, you know, apparently you don't have any sort of education background of classes or anything of how to teach, n- n- but. Not- Oh, go ahead. There, no, but, you know, I, I mean, anyone who's seen you teach knows, you know, you're kind of a natural at it. and you. Yeah. Thank you. You have a, I mean, I think it's, yeah. I would, I think a, no one would argue with me if I said the average probably teacher at the Old Town School couldn't teach five or six or seven-year-olds because it takes a certain type of, you know, both yeah. patience and being able to see kind of and guidance. And yeah. I, I, how, how do, what do you think, attribute that to, that, you, that you're able to do well, that? Well, it's funny because you say that, but I'm, of like, my joke here is that, like, you know, I only have one adult class, and the rest of my classes are all the kids' classes, and I only teach one adult class because I just can't take that much crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Adults tell you no. Like, uh, <laughs> it's like, I can't take it. They're like, right. I'm like, oh, God. So, yeah, so for you, that's like, you don't, I mean. Oh, yeah, and yeah, that is. Not yeah, to bad I mean, talk to that, adult that class. Is but, a, yeah. That is a joke, yeah, but it is no joke that I like to work with the kids. Because uh-huh. I feel like I'm like them and mm-hmm. in, in a way. Or like, like, they can just be open and. 
um, they can be open and they're not really expecting much from me. Like in my classes, for better or worse, there's a lot of time where I'm not really doing anything Mm -hmm. outside of just hanging back and seeing what bubbles up from them. Uh And then that is the thing that informs my lessons. And that's sometimes it might be my lessons for the day, but there's been a million times where I was like so blown away by what some kids put together in some song or something. I was like, oh man, I've been going about this totally wrong. Um, and I, re- I changed my whole approach based mm-hmm. on them rather than adults. Like the, a thing that's hard is that and my, I put myself into this same boat. Like, y- y- it's like, how does this go? Uh-huh. What? How does it go? Like, don't tell me it could go like that or it could go like that or it could go like that. Like, adults want to know how does it go? And that's a hard question to answer. They want to know, like, what is the right way? How do yeah. I do it the right way? And, and there, are, there are ways, but it's like, Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Or they quit. You don't see them. Like, all of a sudden, like, your best ones don't show up for the last two classes, and you're just like, huh, I wonder what happened. They were doing so good. You don't so. try to email them and track them down? What are, oh, where are you? Yeah, no. They're adults. Who knows? I don't want to hassle them. Like, it is that funny thing, like, like that, that, uh, like parents will get what they pay for in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Like they'll make, you know, Olivia not oh not Olivia the Olivia that you probably all know. I use that name generally. Child B. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Child B. Like <laughs> will they'll make Child B show up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that that sometimes that presents challenges in certain ways, mm-hmm. but in other ways it is helpful to work through the difficult spots. Because I think any if you're in this room, you know, like, you just got to keep showing up. Right. Like, there is no other way. Like, if, if you show up, you're going to get it. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you show up and you just be cool, mm-hmm. don't stress, you're going to be okay. Whereas um, somebody that doesn't, if no one's forcing them mm-hmm. to come in, then it's very easy to just drop it. So. so so it's kind of tricky. The, the the parents have to force them to come in or could. Yeah, sometimes. And then once yeah. they're there, you try to give right, them sort yeah, of a free place. Right, and yeah, it's like like you have that you know because they don't they don't know. Maybe they want to be playing video games or whatever. But you know, you try to keep it as interesting as you can. And then yeah, it's like it's like that thing. Another thing that I'm sure everybody in the room knows or has experienced is like sometimes the one that wants it the most is also the one that is the most nervous to go after it mm-hmm. because they have the most to lose if it doesn't quote-unquote work. Uh-huh, because it matters yeah, to them that Yeah, because it matters, yeah. right? And so so that's the thing with adults. Like adults, it's like it matters so much and then they can't do it and then they quit and that's not to disparage them, mm-hmm. but it's difficult right. to keep putting yourself out there. So what do you do with, what do you do with kids who are like that, who are you know, want it and, you know, you get different level, different types of kids, you know, what are, what is, yeah. what do you do well, in, in there in that, that situation? What do you do? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. You see what bubbles up? Yeah, you see right, what bubbles yeah, up. right. Like, you wait for them to tell you, uh-huh. and then you're like, oh, you just 
Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lindsay. Right. You wait for it to bubble up. Yeah. You can't force it. You can't. You, you can't take it as you can't. There. Well, you can, but you can. You can nudge and you can kind of come at things from the side mm. or like. So much of it. Now that I'm thinking, so much of it is trust. Uh huh. Right. I feel like if I can get the kids to trust me as quickly as possible, that I'm not there to judge them, that okay. I'm there to help them. Right. If the quicker I can get that, mm-hmm. the better we can all be. So there's, you know, right out of the gate, I say, hey, we can do this a few different ways. We can learn songs like this, or we can learn songs like that. You know, like we can uh, just learn by playing by ear and do things that are really good for like at the jam. Maybe they've been to the jams yeah. and stuff. And we can do things that are good for the jam, or we can... Uh, learn how to read standard notation and I let them tell me uh-huh. which way they want to do it and because they're both valuable right but if I if I prescribe one then it's tough like if a kid if a kid wants to just like jam and mm-hmm. play and like have fun and it's going to be really creative eventually it's going to be useful for them to know how to read standard right. notation and if I can wait until they to the moment where I say, you know, oh hey, you know, little Johnny, you're like a year in, you know what? But you're kind of stuck right now, right? You, boy, if you knew how to read standard notation, this could really help you through this thing that you're in this block. And then they'll be like, oh okay, cool, because you're you're just helping them yeah, do what right. they want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rather yeah. than than this really prescribed thing. Um, and that can go the opposite way too. Like somebody that comes in that wants to like, yeah, if you're seven years old and you know that these black dots on this paper mean something, mm. that can be really helpful. But then eventually you get blocked in that way. And it's yeah. like, you know, it would be really good if you could just play, if we could just play by ear. Mm-hmm. Let's put the book away and let's just play. So let's, uh, let's do another song and then yeah, we'll chat um, some more. Oh, let me do my harmonica one. All right. I used to have to take the bus a little bit more often than I do now. And uh, at my bus stop, there were these tulips. This is called the bus stop tulip waltz.
Thank you. I do think that's our first harmonica solo oh, yeah? ever on the show. So yeah, thank you. Is. Around them, but we'll yeah. tell, just talk a little bit about who the Winstrocky yeah, All-Stars so the, are. The Young Strocky All-Stars. Young All-Stars. And, uh, yeah, that's a group of um, kids. It, it ranges from ages 9 to like maybe 15. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's a little older maybe. But um, yeah, we're a functioning folk band that plays street fairs and all kinds of gigs all around Chicago. Um, and we uh, celebrate the legacy of Winstrocky, who... who was um, one of the co-founders of the Old Town School of Folk Music. You know, when before he was blacklisted, uh, he had a television show called Uncle Win's Animal Playtime. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just somebody that kind of ahead of the game was doing music for kids and, and getting kids interested in music. Um, but then the Young Strachey All-Stars come out of a thing that I have about um, I have all these students and they could really play and I was kind of want, I was like hey you don't need to go watch somebody else do this you can do this yourself we could have a band we could have a band you can play you can play this stuff you can you don't need to watch somebody else so it it started uh, as just a one off gig mm-hmm. and now t- 10 years here we are yeah, and it's uh, always it's always fun to see them because it's cool to watch, you know, young people kind of. I think, and you give them that confidence to be able yeah. to play, and it's really neat yeah, they to watch play. them have we, that confidence. Just this to do summer, that. we had two gigs right in a row where they played all total. It was you know it was a couple sets, but they they played for about two hours straight without me telling them what song to do or what how to start the tunes, or I wasn't playing with them. I you know I might jump in a little bit and help keep the tempos up or something but um yeah they they run the show they introduce themselves they do all the starts and stops they some of it's really we work together to make the arrangements other times it's kind of like on the fly um what songs they're going to do and so they pick them and make a little arrangement right on the stage and have you do you do you stay in touch with any of the the graduates yeah for sure um, yeah, mm-hmm. like the, so 10 years, mm-hmm. so 10 years ago, a 10 year old was 10 and now they're 20. Yeah. And so a bunch of them are in college and, and, um, doing all kinds of things. Some of them are studying music and, uh, very, you know, one of the, one of the things that is a really big, uh, deal with the young Strachey all-stars that, I. Is not about being the best. It is about um, like you know the Young Strucky All Stars isn't a class. I don't get paid to lead it, and they don't pay to be in it. Mm-hmm. It's just a band. Yeah. So, um, so it, it makes it so that I need people that are good community members. Mm-hmm. Like that's the number one thing. Like, we'll work out how does the song go and is your guitar in tune and all that stuff. We'll, like, we'll work that out later. But the thing is, if you can't come in and you help me get the chairs set up, if you like the other kids, if you like the music and you're into it, um, you know, if you like your, if you practice, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good you are after the practice, but if you're somebody that likes to practice and you show up at the community events, then that's the thing that's the what i'm looking for and the members 
Well, so. I wish I wish we could talk uh, another hour or yeah. so, but everything must come to an end. Yeah, uh, like uh, like like your song that you started out mm-hmm. with. Uh, um, so um, yeah, just you know, thanks. You know, I think you do yeah, a real great you. service to the the community, to the, the kids, to their parents, to thank everybody, you. and I, I really appreciate you kind of opening up and telling yeah, us some really uh, you know interesting things about thank your own you. life. Could we do one more song? And we'll yeah, close for it sure. Out? I for really sure. enjoyed talking with you, Thanks, Jason. Dan. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Let's g- give Jason a big hand. Right. And we we will be back here uh, second Tuesday of next month. Um, I'll announce if you want go to live at the Grafton or else the Folk Tuesday at the Grafton webpage. You'll be able to see more about that and of course on uh, folk to every Tuesday there's always something going on here at the Grafton pub whether it's uh, the folk folk jam with Mark or are you doing one coming up is that it Jason or well Jason's usually here right I on have Tuesdays. I'm here to be part of folk club on Tuesdays this, yes. I'm pretty much here every Tuesday and, and, and then um, you know I, I do an open jam every Saturday mm-hmm. at the Armitage Old Town School okay. at, from noon to one and that's like a all ages uh, kind of thing. And then, you know, we have the jam on Thursday nights at the Old Town School right. in Lincoln Square. Um, and sometimes I'm, I'm four weeks on, four weeks off as the leader of that. But Mary Peterson is the person that takes my place when I'm not on. And she's awesome. So go hang out with her, hang out with me. Great. And then on the other Tuesdays, we've got the Pick and Bubs. Which, which, right. which, which, which uh, Tuesdays are you guys? The fourth Tuesday is the Pickin' Bubs, and want to thank uh, Gunnar Jebson for doing our sound, thank the Grafton, thank everybody for coming out, and thank you. Thank you. Standing on the shore, he named the water, watching the waves roll in. Where does the end begin? You can try, but you can't skip a stone Across Lake Huron Believe me, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried I consider this aspirational Be calm, be clear, yet confrontational Twist my consciousness to map my mind around Our history, the way our lives are bound Like some unsolvable equation, I'll Work to reconcile the life I live Privilege my skin my eyes will give Can I imagine a changed society Where I'm with you and you're with me And we're I'm here to take responsibility How will it look and how will we know Ready to run but muscles grow so slow Watch the trees Find easy ways to save the bees Break habits I know well Let my weakness show Standing on the shore, he named the water Watching the waves roll in Where does the end begin? You can try, but you can't skip a stone Across Lake Huron Believe me, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried The radiator disturbs my work here Memories and dreams already unclear the slow and steady build, apartment life distilled. Dawdle for a moment, get my butt back in gear. 
Aunt Ruthie lived in a small house on a big river where she bent her back and her life to the will of the weather. She still takes out the trash, a handshake and some cash. Her brother left my grandma, no one's bitter. What do you mean don't ride in the margins? Thoughts need room to bloom on a blank space garden. I know I'm not supposed, topic sentence composed. I guess I'll just have to ask for your pardon. Standing on the shore, he named the water. Watching the waves roll in, where does the end begin? You can try, but you can't skip a stone across Lake Huron. Believe me, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried. I want to rise to the space I'm taking up. Is this going to stick or are we breaking up? You become you, you write what is true. My age, my caste, my race have got me shaken up. I have questions about the infinite, about mistakes I've made or I will commit. The record needles slipping, skipping on, but I ain't slipping. My 10-year goal now is to not quit. Standing on the shore, he named the water. Watching the waves roll in, where does the end begin? You can try, but you can't skip a stone across Lake Huron. Believe me, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried. I said I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried. I said I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, believe me, I've tried. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Gunner. Thanks everybody for hanging out.